It's December 2021. Welcome everybody. This is the monthly market update. Here we go. Easter eggs for you guys starting out. If you guys are checking this on the podcast, go on over to simplepassivecastle.com slash 2022 retreat. The retreat is on in person, not virtual like we've done last year, but in person in Waikiki. Check us out the full itinerary January 14th to the 17th. Again, simplepassivecastle.com slash 2022 retreat. This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. If you guys are tired of kicking tires with a bunch of broke guys at the local real estate club or the free online forums out there, you got to check out our group. Everyone's vetted before they come. It's not going to be a bunch of randos meeting up in Hawaii. The only people who are coming are people I know. And it's a good group of folks. We have about 75 people signed up, nearing the headcount soon. You're checking this out on the YouTube channel. We've got a lot of different slides and graphics. Going to be going through a bunch of articles. I'm an engineer, so I like charts. A bit of my background. Um, no longer an engineer. No longer doing the project engineer stuff. Bought my first rental in 2009. And over 6,000 units now. We just closed the deal on Phoenix yesterday. I think six, six or 7,000 units at this point. If you guys haven't heard of me before, check out simplepassivecashflow.com, which is my blog, and check out the Simple Passive Cashflow podcast on iTunes, Google Play. And if you guys are listening to this live, feel free to drop a comment below or question. We'll try and get to it as we go along. All right, so first teaching point here, inflation is upon us, if you haven't noticed. All these things going up, beef, 24%, gasoline, 51%, hotels and motels, all the stuff for the rich folks, right? Because the rich folks aren't really impacted by the old recession. Call it what you want. To me, it's a little sad, but again, it's the rich get rich and the poor getting poor. A lot of these energy commodities going up 49%, used cars and trucks going up 26%. I just sold a car. I sold my car a couple of weeks ago. I bought it for 53000 I sold it for sixty. These cars are going up and it's hard to get a hold of new cars. Here's another graphic here showing some of the increases in poultry on this slide. is goes up 44% since two years ago. Fruits and vegetables up 18%. Inflation it's coming to get you. Maybe it's only coming to get your mom and dad who are just sitting on their home equity and paid off houses. That's the people that it's coming after. Or the poorer people who don't buy assets. And the reason why you want to buy assets is because it goes up with the pace of inflation. In my opinion, you don't want to buy gold because it doesn't really do much. It has no utility and it doesn't cash flow and make income. Instead, buy real estate, which is the best of both worlds. It goes up with the pace of inflation and it produces cash flow. All right, so let's get into it. Some of the reports here. Blackstone, the big company that we like to follow because they're the people who are the smart money. They just bought Moonberg Entertainment for about $3 billion. Now, if you haven't been noticing, Netflix kind of started with the streaming service with Apple TV, Disney Plus, all these streaming services where you control the, the channel and you control your audience. Essentially, control your platform right? Facebook did. Now Amazon is doing with ads. If you control where people go, you can somehow monetize it today. Gone are the days of NBC, Fox, CBS, and channels, right? You want to control the, the media channel or in, in terms of streaming services and Blackstone sees playing this in Moonberg Entertainment. 
Yeah, this is one of those news where it just like sucks for the small guy because folks like us were not able to play in these types of institutional assets. We like to play in apartments, which is somewhat attainable to the average million dollar, five million dollar job. But it's not like y'all can buy an entertainment company, but just for food for thought here. CVS Health plans to close 900 stores and focus more on their digital strategy. I think we've talked about this on earlier investor reports, which you can get all the past investor reports. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letters. Uh, we've been talking about how Amazon was trying to get into the pharmacy business. CVS has a stranglehold on there, but as business, think of Kodak or MP3s. If you don't change your business, you'll get steamrolled. And CVS is closing brick and mortar stores to focus more on their digital strategy. ULI forecasts the transaction volumes posed to bounce back to pre-pandemic levels. U.S. GDP shrank 3.4% in 2020, as expected. The first economic contraction since 2009. Recovery from the pandemic is expected to occur dramatically faster than what transpired following the Great Recession of 2008, according to Washington, D.C. Group. You guys are probably thinking Captain Obvious, but... They're expecting a bounce back in growth of 5.7% expected in 2021 with continued growth of 4% in 2022. The outlook is optimistic for most sectors of commercial real estate. The hospitality industry is still showing signs of struggle. Hotel revenue per available room, which we call as RevPAR, saw one of the starkest numbers in ULI's presentation following a 47.4% decline. RE Business Online reports the American Liberty Hospitality opens a 300-room dual-branded hotel in Houston. So the bite we just mentioned with some hospitality struggling, big companies are opening up these hotels. 64 Alameda Road, it's, a, it's supposed to be a combined Hilton Garden Inn and a Hotel Two Suites by Hilton. 300-room. Now there's a reliability of small multifamily tenant base fuels recovery. From Arbor, which is a big commercial lender. So they have a lot of good neutral information. Sometimes you got the news from multifamily housing news, which is more of a pro industry type of news where lenders they show things how it is for the most part. But they're showing here how the year over year change been leveled off since 2014, which is consistent. However, the origination value, the year-over-year change has been going up and up steadily. An analysis of work-from-home trends finds that small multifamily properties may be less affected than larger properties because fewer tenants can work remotely. Smaller multifamily cap rates held at 5.2% in the third quarter, effectively unchanged from the last quarter. Asset prices rose 2.9% from a year earlier and 7.7% over the pre-pandemic levels. One complaint I hear a lot, the cap rates are compressing. Yeah, man, that's been happening since 2008, and it'll continue to do that. But the whole point is in investors, you're doing value add, and you're making money off of the spread between the cap rates and interest rates. And as cap rates go up, the so will the interest rates go up. Sophisticated investors don't really care because, again, they make money off of the delta, and they value add to transcend what's happening in the market. In 2015, I had 11 turnkey rentals and realized that there's nothing passive about direct ownership in rental properties. 
This coming from an accredited investor perspective. Our group these days are mostly accredited investors, strictly looking for syndication deals for a purely passive investment strategy. One part of my portfolio is the American Homeowner Preservation, or what folks in the Hui call AHP. George Dewberry, once apartment investor and mentor to myself, is now sponsoring podcasts for the fourth year in a row. His private note fund, which by the way also accepts non-accredited investors, cuts out the middlemen and allows you to invest directly with him to fight the mortgage crisis in America. Feel good knowing that you are helping families stay in their home after buying their underwater note at a huge discount. Join him by purchasing distressed mortgages while cashing your distribution check on a monthly basis. Find something else better out there? Just let me know. Invest as little as $100 by going to ahptitle.com. And if you want the free Burn Zone book, claim it at simplepassivecashflow.com slash AHP. And don't forget to join our private investor club to get more insider access. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. Yardy Matrix reports that gateway markets rebound. And when we talk about gateway markets, we're talking about those California markets that got uh, beat down in the recession. Demand for rentals in the United States has been extraordinary this year with over almost half a million apartments being absorbed which already topples 2018 single year high of 37, 370,000. So over 100,000 units than the last previous high, uh, which makes sense. 2020 was a year of a lot of construction projects halted. Projects that were just completed might have been paused to lease up and everybody just stayed in place. But now you're seeing a lot of this train slack come back. Moving on to the more residential side, article from Redfin saying home sale prices up 13% from 2020. They're outlaying 2029, 2020, 2021 on this nice little graph. It takes out the seasonality of the thing. The thing that you can see, especially in 2021, is after February, March, April, when the vaccine started to roll out, you really started to see that built up demand come through. Median home price increased 13%. Like I said, this is up 30% from the same period in 2019, two years ago. Asking prices on newly listed homes are up 11%, and on average, 4.9% of homes for each week had a price drop. Now, this coming from real page, going back to the commercial apartments, luxury apartment rents premiums going up once again. So this answers the question, what's better, right? class A, B, or C? If you look at the graph, class C rents have been a very slow linear growth, where class B and A rents, you've seen a Nice little tick up the last half of the year. The difference in effective rents be- between the two product se- segments went up just over $300 in 2010 to a whopping $500 in 2020. So that gap is growing. As it should, is, you know, this is if you're always going to have higher rents class A to B to C, that makes sense. The gap is going to be growing. The difference in rent then slipped by just under $400 by the end of 2020, but studying pricing power in the most upscale properties in 2021 has pushed the difference back to $449. The Class C average rent price is $1,189, now $358 under the Class B. Again, this goes back to the unfortunate reality, which is the Class A renters and Class A folks are typically peachy in the aftermath of the recession or it's the class C people that have the most difficulty paying rents. I would probably extrapolate 
that. Class A people can work from home. Class C people are more in the service sector. Maybe they had shutdowns in those business sectors. Rent's still rising, but growth slowed significantly from apartment lists. Despite a significant slowdown, rent growth has continued to exceed its pre-pandemic trend. To make more clear, the chart below plots our national median rent estimate against a projection of pre-pandemic. The national rent rose to thirteen twelve this month, which is $107 greater where we projected it would be if the rent growth over the last year and half had been in line with the growth rates we saw in 2018 and 2019. I think we can safely say that I wouldn't say it's slowing down or it's going backwards. Look at some of these rents going up. If I go back a couple slides, the rents are just going up too high for a short period of time. It's cooling off now a little bit, but it's definitely not declining. Here's a chart of 10 of the top a rent growth market, Tampa, Florida, Gilbert, Arizona, Glenda, Arizona, Mesa, Arizona, Chandler, Arizona, and all those four Phoenix right there, Boise, Idaho, Henderson, Nevada, which is Las Vegas, North Las Vegas, Nevada, and St. Petersburg, Florida. All those 10 have gone up a 32% to 36% since March of 2020. Absolutely crazy. Normally, when you're doing your normal conservative projections, you're assuming that the rents are going to go up two, four, five percent at extreme levels. In the past, since March of 2020, you're talking 30 percent. That's pretty crazy. The markets remain extremely tight. We're now seeing the first signals that pressure is beginning to eat. Uh, it's also important to know that 35 of the nation's 100 largest cities have seen rents jumps by more than 20 percent since the start of the pandemic. Even if the rent is finally cooling, this year's rent boom has already added significant housing affordability for American renters. But hey, they're just pumping in a whole bunch of fake money in, in anyway with all these stimulus plans. What is the buyback America or infrastructure? One, two, three, four, five. Rent data. Tech cities are back in the country's major tech centers. Rents are making up for lost time with record growth. Again, the same thing we talked about the last one. This from Realtor. This one's looking at more from a national, taking into account all uh, markets. They're putting a rent growth anywhere from 11 to 13% year over year. And what they say is the rise of remote work filled this migration and continued decline demand for renting in urban areas, particularly in heavy tech markets like San Francisco and New York. However, the rising vaccination rates in many major companies signaling a return to the office, demand for urban housing has been recovering quickly. In just the past two months, rent growth has surged in tech centers around the country. Now, I've had a lot of investor calls from you guys lately, and one of the sentiments I've been hearing is, damn it, they're making me come back to work. Screw that. I'm going to quit. Just kidding. You guys get paid too much. You guys are going to just suck it up work for a few more years more but yeah it's tough to take back that freedom when you've been given it that long just reading going down this list and eh, we won't go down that list not that important inclusion and incentive zone in six new even let's say now what this is talking about we've talked about in the past of how they've got zoning restrictions and tax restrictions in california you're starting to see some of this in the New England states where they're breaking down the not in my backyard type of restrictions where there's so much pressure in all these markets for cheaper housing, more affordable housing for regular people, not just rich people, where they're bringing, bringing people to live in those types of areas where the more the old school mentality, the last 20 
or so years, 10 years, was they try and segregate both people and rich people. And obviously that's, that creates a bunch of projects, really bad areas. So maybe if you're rich out there, you probably like it because you don't want poor people nearby. If you're trying to run a city or a nation, my opinion, it's not the best thing. You need a little bit of mix. So you don't have all these banana republics and these ghettos all around the place. But whatever, I don't care. I, I, I spend my time not on politics, but investments that will make me money and folks like yourselves. But this is just a, one article showing that how this stuff is popping up. So something to be aware of. PricewaterCooper, they came up with a report where they mentioned climate change is um, hitting the property sector, where they surveyed a bunch of folks. The top cities, Nashville, Raleigh, Phoenix, Austin, Tampa, Charlotte, Dallas, Fort Worth, Atlanta, Seattle, Boston are kind of places people are moving to. The impact from the pandemic was less than the real estate industry expected at this point last year. Now that the industry should use its good fortune towards both preparations and continued uncertainty and making strides towards ESG improvements. Sometimes you got to scratch your head and then those those high-end accountants, the report, because especially if you're investing in workforce housing, Sometimes you got to take that stuff with a grain of salt. That said, you hear from Globefest.com, why invest in lower middle-class housing? To hint is the, the hedge in case of a recession, but also to capitalize on current momentum. Now, in most recessions, everybody is impacted. The rich people are impacted. They lose their jobs. They move down to the Bs. They move down to the Bs, move down to the Cs. Different thing that happened in this pandemic where the A's are pretty much unimpacted, the B's and C's were more impacted. But again, in my, I still believe that in most cases, in economic recession, I think it's prudent to not stay away from the luxury type of stuff for the majority of your portfolio. So they're saying here, despite the uncertainty within the market, Class C properties are being touted as the best position property for an economic slowdown by experts in the market. During a panel discussion at the National Globe Street Multifamily Conference here in Los Angeles, discussed the gap between rent rates for A and Class C properties and viewed some of the current trends within Class C properties. Adam reports that seller profits increased across U.S. in third quarter as national median home prices reached another record. WorldPropertyJournal.com reports 30% of U.S. markets to experience double-digit rent increases in 2022. Again, a lot of what we said here, just a little bit different graphs. If you guys check this out on the YouTube channel, that way I'm just not making this stuff up. It's multiple people saying the same 12-month absorption of apartments. The top are Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, New York, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Chicago, Austin, Seattle, Phoenix. A Dallas Business Journal reports that rents in Dallas for Rocket, 15.5% in a year. Even with the increases, Dallas is still more affordable than most comparable cities across the country. And like Dallas, many U.S. cities shall start increases. Phoenix was up 27% year over year in September. New York rose 18.3%. And Nashville jumped 17.5%. And just to speak about a real-world example, comparing Phoenix and Dallas, Phoenix, you're buying maybe class E assets for about 200, mid 200s, 250,000, just call it that. For the same price, you're buying more A class assets in Dallas. Maybe it's just too many Californians moving to Phoenix. They need to move more to Texas and Dallas, but that's where the pricing is. 
you want to buy a Class C property in Hawaii, you'll probably pay three hundred to three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and that is investing one on one. Does that make sense per that income stream? RE Business Online reports demographic, economic trends likely sustain build for rent sectors for growth. A lot of people, it's going to be becoming more of a renters nation, and it, does it make sense to do build for rent? I'm not a huge fan of it. I like more mature neighborhoods. I don't like all these like new houses all in one area because. When a recession comes, that's the first place where the water retreats from. I think we saw it a lot in the Great Recession. If you can remember that old movie, The Big Short, the big tracks of homes in Florida, right? Like the, the built-to-rent type of stuff. Makes makes sense in theory, just like hotels do, right? But in recessions, I don't feel like it's... I'm not super comfortable doing that type of stuff. National Multifamily Housing Council reports, the, how will the President Biden build back better framework impact the multifamily industry. They're saying the plan is to offset by tax increases on corporations in North America, including changes to like-kind exchanges, increases in ordinary income taxes, the general 20% capital gains tax rate, the carried interest for sponsors, 20% pass-through deduction and taxation of unrealized capital gains at VEX, uh, a provision. A lot of these things they didn't come to fruition. They didn't touch them. Everybody got up in arms about changing the self-directed IRAs, but a lot of it didn't really change. And we got to see how it goes through the Senate at this point. But maybe it's on chopping block later at this point in time. Nothing super huge, in my opinion. I mean, keep it simple. You don't care about stuff. You invest in good stuff that cash flows grows your money and gives you like passive activity losses to lower your passive. That's what you got to do. That's that that's the low hanging fruit right there, and then you don't have a high income. The only people having high incomes are people still working their active jobs, and that's what you gotta try and get away from. Also, expanding on how the one point two trillion dollar infrastructure bill impacts multifamily. The infrastructure bill will repair and upgrade the nation's roads, bridges, mass transit, high speed rail, broadband, power grid, water pipes, electrical vehicle charging stations, and for critical infrastructure. We have a breakdown on the YouTube channel here of all this. But to me, it's just basically a way to just dump a whole bunch of money into the system, paying ourselves, basic. Commercial property executive identifies three trending demands in commercial real estate, which is the evolving hybrid works workplace, post-pandemic office. We don't know exactly how that's going to be, but definitely we're not going to be going back to the office 100% as Adam and Eve have eaten the apple and have proven that they can eat the apple and work from home. Potentially, I am still a doubter. I think especially in the coastal areas where you have a lot of tech markets and more independent white collar workers, I definitely do think that they can handle themselves and manage themselves appropriately where your your sub 100K workers, I still think they got to get to the office and be managed and supervised. Another trend is supporting employee well-being. A thoughtful design real estate can incentivize employees to return to the office. So what you're seeing on a lot of the new builds or the office stuff is a bunch of other services that attracts people to them, to their sort of an incentive to get on the bus, get on the train, get in your car to come to work for the, the socialization and other facility. And demand for warehouse continues to increase. Commercial real estate applaud, $1.5 trillion infrastructure plan. The big thing here is infrastructure and housing are intrinsically linked. And this is unprecedented investment in our nation and will help lift communities and industries throughout the nation. So the president of the NAA president and CEO. 
Four ways Phoenix benefits from the infrastructure bill, climate protections, the infrastructure investment jobs act will accelerate Phoenix efforts to complete transportation projects along with many of the city infrastructure priorities. These projects will empower to create high paying jobs and connect with more families with economic opportunities. Uh, Transit, South Central Extension and Downtown Hub will connect with the current light rail system in downtown Phoenix and operate south. Roads, Phoenix adopted the co-payment system, which will apply reflective coating to the neighborhood streets to lower the extreme surface temperatures around the city. Other initiatives include cool corridors, which is to plant and shade trees into the neighborhood and along with city streets. And jobs, the nation's growth is set to increase 0.4% compared to Arizona, which is showcasing an analyzed growth of 1.6%, about three times, at least three times more. And the other thing I'm personally following not on this list is uh, TSMC and Intel building a whole bunch of fabs to make all the chips that are in shortage. We don't want Taiwan to make all the chips because those Chinese guys are always flying airplanes around the airspace or supposedly near the airspace, not, not violating any international laws, of course. I think what, 80% or so of all the smart chips, the really good ones, not the dumb ones that go in your kids' uh, toys, but the, the smart ones that go in your iPhone Pros are made in Taiwan. And the idea is that we want to repatriate some of that back to America and the places it's going is Phoenix. Inflation's influence on multifamily home buyers is from multi-housing new higher spending, rising energy prices, reduced rising housing prices, low inventory across multiple inputs, higher wages need to be kept and filling employee shortages, shipping delays, and other factors are issues we face today. Despite all that, effective wealth growth growing 11.2% nationally in 2021 quarter. So cheers to all the landlords. Ooh, to all the tenants out there. They don't like that. They don't want to pay more rent. They want it for free. Adam they, uh, reports that U.S. foreclosure activity continues to increase nationwide. Now, this kind of makes sense after all the rent moratoriums going away, or the, the foreclosure moratoriums going away. Nationwide, one in every 6,600 units. States with the highest foreclosure rates are Illinois, then Florida, New Jersey, Nevada, and Ohio. Among the, 20, the, the 220 MSAs out there, those with the highest foreclosure rates in October 2021 were St. Louis, Missouri, Trenton, New Jersey, Miami, Florida, Chicago, Illinois, and Cleveland. How the pandemic has impacted movie theater property values. The cinemas emerged far behind the pack of other businesses in a race to resume normal operations. Cinemas were already difficult to value because they're unique. Hey, unitasker, right? This big building. The only people who wanted to buy that big building was Toys R Us. And they went out of business. Not just joking there, but might be true. And uh, the lack of comparable transaction data across the country makes it hard. So the weak ticket sales give appraisers and tax assessors a big hurdle in valuing these movie theaters. So if you guys think of a good idea what to do with these big movie theaters other than a Toys R Us, let us know. Join the Facebook group. Join the community. Create a discussion. Or just buy rental properties in a park of the day because a lot of these other ideas that i bring up like industrial storage buying movie theaters what's the other one big office complex it's out of the reach of the average joe under five million dollars a lot of this one institutional type of money that has access to it 
Dallas Business Journal reports that San Francisco and Los Angeles among regions losing workers to Dallas-Fort Worth. San Francisco Bay Area took the number four spot last week. Last month, the region wasn't even in the top 10 prior to the pandemic. The numbers were another sign of a growing number of companies and workers moving their home bases from places such as California to New and New York to Texas. Lower costs and taxes for businesses as well as those that employ are driving the shifts. One thing I would mention, like people talk about like taxes, just because a state has income tax, yeah, like Texas doesn't mean it's a good place to invest, guys. Like that's saying, I don't know. That's just not a good way, way to invest. Because yeah, sure, that's one of the many factors of picking a good market to invest in. But really what you should be looking at the property and to look at these one-off types of things that Lane shows in his investor report letter. ALNN, apartment data, construction times have continued to climb. But for the first time in more than five years, average lease-up duration has decrease so that what that means is that the average time that it takes to lease up one of these things is decreasing because more demand for apartments from renters rent cafe says that millennial home buyers feel the rise of lifestyle renting in 2021 yeah sucks to be a millennial starts to always be the new guy right the top the largest top 10 largest city for millennials over fifty thousand dollars Versus Indianapolis, Las Vegas, Phoenix, Oklahoma City, Memphis, Nashville, Charlotte, Columbus, San Antonio, Texas, Louisiana, Kentucky. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're good investment areas, just saying that the percent, these are where the percent change in applicants among millennials making over 50 grand. That brings us to the, uh, the Easter egg, which is if you guys want to get access to my free releasing this month, we still had to delay it a month. We got busy because we pressed go on the retreat and I got busy with that. So we delayed it a month. But go to simplepassycastle.com slash book. The free audiobook is on there, folks. And if you guys like it and you guys like the book, please shoot me an email. And I'm looking for people to help me out and write some reviews for me so that we can get some more eyes and ears on the good work of Simple Passive Casual, the journey to that on Amazon when it finally releases. Shoot me an email at lane at Simple Passive Cashflow if you'd like to help out. If you guys are tired of hanging out with a bunch of broke guys and you guys want to talk to other pure passive accredited investors, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash journey. Check out the family office of Honda Mastermind. Really no other group out there like it. You got to change it. There's about 80 members in here now. And then every year the price goes up. But now I'm going to be going into some of my personal stuff. Again, if you guys have any questions, type it into the chat. But I was to find six ways to my own personal development. So in terms of growth, we hired the chief operating officer. He starts, yeah, today. Today is December 1st. And more staff is being hired in the coming months. Some of you guys have applied. Some of y'all, I know, I just don't like your jobs. But we got you on the list should an opening come up and this is going to help allow me to travel and join other groups get around other circles and really find and source the best practices for not only deal flow but how do you build wealth past the five ten million dollar stage as far as contribution back to the world that's a simple passive cash flow is for me right if you guys haven't seen the mission check it out at simplepassivecashflow.com slash mission but you know, it's all about bringing like-minded people together the first conference I went to was way back when in 2016. 
And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. People are buying, at the time I was buying little rental properties, turnkeys. I was like, wow, there's like people buying properties sight unseen for cash flow 2,000 miles away like me. This is crazy. And then I realized there's a lot of other people doing this. And there are a lot of people like yourselves out there, especially accredited investors doing this by going into syndications with a bunch of random, seemingly random strangers. But if you want to make the world a little bit smaller, associate the, the name to face, get to know me a little bit more on a personal level, and more importantly, meet other passive accredited investors, come out to the retreats. We'll pass the cash slash 2022 retreat. We've got about 75 people signed up at this point. We do have a strict cap due to strict COVID measures here on the islands. As far as uh, significance, Keep closing more deals, more value adds, stabilize apartments. I haven't updated my this matrix that I did for myself back ago. There's got to be three or four slots missing here. But this is how I visualize my investing. And I try and scatter it from class A to class C buildings, maybe a little bit less class C these days. And that's a lot of this cluster here is how a lot of the first deals that we start. But you know, also spread it around from yield plays to heavier repositions and develop. And some of you guys, I don't want to let the cats out of the bag, but we've got some a lot of sales coming in early quarter one, 2022. So kind of cash that money. As far as uncertainty, though, how do I uh, counteract that? Well, I'm doing a second infinite banking policy. And I'm, what I'm wondering is where do I put my money when I've maxed out my infinite banking policy? I get a lot of liquidity anxiety when my money is sitting around, especially large sums of money sitting around not doing anything, so pondering, doing some crypto staking, maybe a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars to start. But this is where I rely on my family office, Ohana Mastermind. Some of you guys will email me asking what I'm doing. You guys gotta join the family office group. That's where you're gonna find the good stuff. If you got a hundred thousand dollars and you instead of making zero percent, you make ten percent, you do the math. That's a thousand bucks right there that you uh, missed out almost every month times 12, that's 12 grand, maybe 15 grand. It's just only on $100,000. It is silly to just do it on your own. And how did I get some certainty? Closed a deal recently, and we are looking to sell three Texas apartments and another development for more than Performa. So that's cool. And loving connection. I'm super excited, super, super excited that y'all are coming to Hawaii. January 14th and 17th. Of course, it's not free. Check that out at simplepassivecashflow.com slash 2022 retreat. But if it was free, you probably wouldn't want to go anyway because it'd probably be just another bro fest at the local RIA with a bunch of people who think real estate is a way to get rich. Just for fun, some doodads that I've been buying. I've been using this Whole Foods a lot to not waste my time grocery shopping. It also helps me control my spending buying things I don't shouldn't be buying. I bought this if you guys have seen these bone conductivity headsets it allows you to kind of hear what's going on around you so you don't get hit by the proverbial bus as we all joke about a lot and then you get paid out through your infinite banking policy hopefully if you have that all set up if you don't know what we're talking about check out the infinite banking e-course simple slash banking you got to put in your email to sign up for that free course. Of course, I have to have my mic because I'm on the phone all the time. Hopefully, this will prevent me from getting hit by the bus when I do not go grocery shopping or outside of the house. I'm a little worried that my wife will now know that she has access to me at all times, even when I'm on the phone. And I cannot use the fact that I have my Apple AirPods Pros in my ear filtering out outside. For you golfers out there, I'm not a big golfer. It's a waste of time. But when I do, I hit 
Title S Pro V1s. The best ball you can get your money on, get your hands on. I feel like $4.50 per ball is a little expensive. So my little hack here is I go on Amazon. I used to do this on eBay, but eBay is a little strange these days. I like Amazon a lot better. Uh, so I can buy the used golf balls. But there's a grading system. I guess there's single A, double A, triple A, all the, the 5A. And go look it up, guys. Every golf ball provider of these used balls has a different grading system. But uh, you can pick up these semi-nicked up balls for about half the price of it. And when you're like myself and you just lose them half the time, it takes a little sting out of the whole thing. But when you hit a good one, there's nothing more pure than hitting a Titleist Pro V1 and getting those extra 20 yards bonus roll off of the thing. That's it. Thanks for listening, folks. And we will see you on the next report. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.